Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Bo! <laughs> Where's Bo? What's he doing? So, our blended family puppy is back. And isn't it amazing that we've actually got a blended family puppy? Obviously, her name is Bo. I'm not sure I've spoken about her on the podcast before, but um, Isla's mum, Laura, um, got her and Indy, her other sister, um, a little puppy. And they've got a cavapoo. So basically, when Isla comes to us, Bo comes to us now. So we, oh, I've got, I've inherited a puppy. I'm, I'm a dog owner. You've got oh, a part-time really. puppy. I think that's the best, like that is the best situation. It's like because... a part-time baby. Imagine if you could just give it back. <laughs> just have it half of the time. I mean, wow. <laughs> and she's so sweet. Obviously she's Aww. only about 15 weeks old. So it is like having a new baby in the house. Like you come down, I bet if you can hear her crying, it's because I've left her in the kitchen. And there's obviously like turds everywhere and she's weed not oh on a pu- puppy pants because it's like she doesn't know what she's doing um, no the kids love her and I love dogs so it is sweet it's nice oh How it's so sweet I remember yeah I'm fine I was just gonna say I remember when um I moved in with James I said I wouldn't move in with him unless we got a dog and <laughs> um just before I moved in with him I got the dog I said it was at my parents house and my dad slept on the kitchen floor with it for two weeks because he oh, couldn't so- bear the crying mm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's he's actually like such a softy, like such a softy. So, and that's not, and they now have Rufus living at their house, and Rufus oh God, goes to Rufus. doggy daycare. Yeah, Rufus oh. goes to doggy daycare. He has a blow dry once a week. Um, you he, in the dog form. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So yeah, how are you anyway? Apart from being a part time puppy parent. Yeah. Do you know what? I've actually had a really amazing. Um, a really amazing moment happened last night. And if you're a step parent listening, you're going to understand how 
the relationship between yourself and your stepchild's parent, you know, nat- natural parent, is sometimes quite strained. And obviously, myself and Dozza and Laura, who is Dozza's ex, Isla's mum, have been through some really tricky times in the past. And there's been court cases and there's been custody battles. And it's been really intense for everybody. And it went on for a very long time. Throughout that, I've obviously tried to remain very amicable with Laura. I wasn't anything to do with their breakup or anything like that. Um and, I've, and, and for Isla's sake, you know, it doesn't matter what was really going on between Laura and Dozza. Like, I just wanted it to be nice for Isla. And I've worked yeah. really hard at it, like setting up WhatsApp groups and, you know, asking her to come to meetings and coffee and things like that. Last night, she came round to drop Isla off. She had her other daughter, Indy, with her. And she came out and I was like, let's have a glass of wine. She ended up staying for two and a half hours. I cooked Aww. dinner for Indy. All the kids ate together. We were playing in the garden. It just was a real like progression I felt yeah. I was really proud with proud of us you felt like this is it this is what we've been working for, like working towards and now we're here we're, we are like a, we're a blended family we only want what's best for her daughter and I'm raising her daughter and I understand that might be really hard for her when she gets into bed at night I don't know but I just try and think about all of the parties involved and I think you know again it's tricky for Dawes I saw him kind of wandering off and like spending a lot of time in the garden but actually it was a really wonderful scene and I'm really glad. So like, if you are a step parent listening and you're like, I don't think I'll ever get there. I thought that, and we really have. So have And you are. Yeah, absolutely. I know like just from, from when we first met to now, it's like completely different. And it's so nice to hear that really. Yeah, thanks mate. Really nice. And you've got the puppy as well. (laughs) <laughs> we pass the love back and forth between the houses it's great exactly maybe it's the puppy maybe that's what everyone needs to do is just get a puppy yes. they do say that their dogs reduce your stress don't yes. they like your stress levels and stuff and obviously they send, they send puppies into old people's home and people that need therapy uh, physical therapy because like you said they reduce stress and they um induce like the happy hormone yeah they do I mean oh my god Bo is so cute trying to get rid of scrabbling at the door (laughs) (laughs) leave me alone um you've got the builders in tomorrow that's not a euphemism (laughs) (laughs) I have I mean I'd love to say that we won't be sleeping on the bottom bunk anymore but we are but just in a different room um so that yeah the builders are starting on our room tomorrow everything's coming out I've literally just have to had to pack up my whole wardrobe um everything absolutely everything out of our bedroom so um yeah it's exciting but yeah I mean I'm gonna be sleeping in Axel's bedroom on the bottom bunk now you know change of scenery it's like a (laughs) mini break (laughs) imagine when you actually have to leave his bedroom he's gonna be devastated come on mum you're my roomie get in the bottom bunk get your pjs on I was thinking this I was like oh my god like we've been so strict with like not having him sleep you know sleep with us and sleeping in his own bed for all these years and right before we start school we've been sharing a room with him I mean anyway anyway (laughs) Um, we should get into the chat because it was a really really special one that we recorded earlier on in the week Um, and this is a lady that I've actually known her for a very long time because in a very weird twist of fate I ended up um (laughs) it's quite a long story but I'll keep it short I ended up going on holiday a break a breakup holiday with one of my exes to a place called Sitches which was in Spain and my agent agent said you've just broken up with your boyfriend you're crying your eyes out get on a plane come to Sitches I'm on a shoot here with a girl that is in Towie 
And I was like, okay, great. Yeah. Howie, it had literally just launched. And when I rocked up, it was Lydia Bright that was there, fresh, fresh-faced, 18 years old, one of the nicest humans you will ever meet. And we bonded for three nights where I was like doing oh. shots and crying into my sleeve. Um, and and so, yeah, so that's kind of how I know the family. And obviously I know, I know Debbie because of that. So, and, and, and Debbie is, uh, Debbie Bright is a, an amazing foster, foster, foster. Foster parent. Yeah, and, foster and parent. De- yeah, <laughs> let me do that again. Hold on. And obviously, her mum, Debbie Bright, is an incredible foster parent. She is. I think it was. It's, she's fostered over like two hundred children or something, which I mean, just blows my mind. Oh, it's incredible. You meet her and you think, "Wow, what a woman!" Like a real force. All the hair, the red lips, and then you peel away it's like an onion, and she's the most beautiful soul. She's how giving do you have to be to take that many children through your home and look after them? I know. And seriously, how much energy must you have to have? Yeah. <laughs> There's me and you come on here on a, you know, a Thursday evening and we're like, oh, I'm so tired. And, you know, we've got two or three in the house. And what did Debbie say? Something like she has eight. Eight or nine, she said. <gasps> oh, no. my goodness. Oh, no. oh, my goodness. But, um, yeah. It was great, wasn't it? Because it was such an insight into the whole fostering and adopting world, which we didn't know anything about. So, yeah, I mean, we've told you who it is. But who are we chatting today, G? Today, in case you haven't picked up on it, we are chatting to Debbie Bright. So here we are, yet another podcast in lockdown. Um, <laughs> but this one has got a really special, um, a special moment attached to it because um, Georgia and I really wanted to sit down and have a conversation with this lady, this wonderful woman, for a very, very, very long time. We finally got a, um, a bit of background on Debbie. Uh, last year, she got married to her long-term partner of 40 years. Uh, she is mum to four, Georgia, Lydia, Freddie and Romana. Um, she has fostered... Uh, well, over around 200 children over 27 years. And she's also one of the most lovely women you will ever meet. Oh, that's so nice. What a lovely introduction. (laughs) Can you do that all over again? (laughs) (laughs) Anything you want to add this time? Beautiful. (laughs) That was lovely, actually. (laughs) That's me down to a T. And I'm actually also fostering three children at the moment. So I've got a six. 16-year-old, a two-year-old and a three-month-old baby. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And and we forgot the most important thing of the whole year, that I've actually become a grandmother. Grandmother. Uh, So uh, I'm a grandmother to darling Loretta, who was born the 21st of February. Um, And uh, she's the light of all our lives. How um how is Lydia getting on and, and how is she as a mum? She looks like she's taken to it like a duck to water. Well, you know, you've got to remember, and this is what I say to everyone, Lydia's been a foster sibling, a sister to over 200 children. A lot of those children would have been babies. So I started fostering, you know, when Lydia was a toddler. So, you know, she was just about running around. Yeah. Uh, and so she doesn't know any different, but, you know, she didn't really play with, dolls she played with real dolls which were babies so she started changing nappies from the minute she could really so to her it's um it's you know it's come very very naturally because she's been surrounded with babies I know that because when I see um you know her children her friends that have had children of the same age because there's a big crowd of them now that have all got babies the same times 
as I did when I had my first. Um, you, you know, they, they're like, oh, how do I do this? How do? And Lydia just knows absolutely everything because she's, mm-hmm. she's been brought up with a house full of babies. Yeah. And so you, or, when you started fostering, you already had Georgia and Lydia. So yeah. what made you want to start fostering when really, I mean, like, I don't think I could cope with any more babies <laughs> or kids in the house and I've got two now. So I can't imagine like, what you know, why did you decide you wanted to do it? When I was a real career girl and uh, I worked for uh, Gloria Vanderbilt, which were the you know, the first designer jeans of their time many, many years ago before you was even probably born. And um, uh, I fell pregnant with Georgia when I was um, 29. Um, yeah. So I had a good career, you know, and I was sort of travelling all over the place. And I fell pregnant with Lydia when Georgia was three months old. So oh I had two, like under two, really. So I wasn't in any rush to get back to work. So I thought, oh, you know, it's almost like having twins, but there are slightly yeah. different stages. And um, uh, I thought, oh, I'm just going to have a little bit of time off of work. Uh, so that was my plan. So, you know, you say, there's a big, big saying, you know, man makes plans and God laughs at them. <laughs> and um, I actually was just didn't really know anything about fostering. So the only thing I knew about fostering was quite negative because my mum and my uncle were sent off to Wales, um, you know, during the war and, and they had quite a bad experience of being with foster parents. So other than that, I, I didn't really know much more. And I was in a restaurant and sitting there, and I had Georgia and Lydia in, uh, in the high chairs either side of me with my friend. And there was this girl sitting next to me with six children all different ages and she was struggling a bit and um, one of the kids wanted to go to the toilet and she just went oh do you mind like just watching I said no no go on you go I mean I talk to everyone anyway wherever I go (laughs) uh, which really annoys my kids because wherever we go you know I have to spend an hour talking to people and um, she said oh no they're not all mine she went I foster some of them and I went oh I'd quite like to do that don't even know her name vaguely remember what she looks like she got to remember this is 27 years ago and um, she said oh give me your number I'll pass it on to social services I went oh okay then so I gave her my number come home and I still met this really lovely girl today like my husband now um in uh, the restaurant and I said while I'm off work I said because I'm going to have a few, you know, years off with the kids. I want to be with them until they go back to school, until they start school, not go back. And um, I said, you know, who's talking about foster? He said, well, I'm not doing that. And, you know, then, you know, where's the trousers in this house? Because we did do it. <laughs> 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 and, um, he, you know, he's he really, really loves it. I mean, actually, as he's got older, he's loved it even more. But, you know, he was very, oh, no, you know, We've got our own children. It's enough with two, and yeah, uh, and you know now there's well, how many children? Well, if you count my four, which you know I know that they're in their twenties, but you know they're still kids, aren't they? And want their mum for everything. Um, there's normally like eight kids in the house, eight or nine kids oh, in the goodness. house. So, Georgia yeah. uh, and Lydia didn't actually grow up like wh- whatever you would call a normal childhood. Um, they grew up. Um, very very different to all their friends um and as a mother you know I, I sort of beat myself up quite a lot on on my fostering journey 
because I used to think, oh, my God, you know, because a lot of these children do come with lots of challenges. And you think, yeah. oh, are my children being pushed out because, you know, these are very demanding and I've got meetings and I've got called up at the school. And sometimes I even cried myself to sleep thinking that, you know, am I trying to save everyone else's child and, and, and my yeah. children are going to be damaged by it? And it wasn't till you know, my children were able to, to verbally say how they feel. And I'm not saying it's all been rose-tinted glasses. You know, there's been many tears along our journey. Um, but they all say now, you know, their ages where they can express themselves that they had a wonderful childhood and they really wouldn't have wanted it any different. So, so Debbie, let me just cast your mind back to the first um, child that you adopted, or you sorry that you fostered. Yeah. What was that moment like when, when I don't know if it was a, if it was a baby or you know someone that was slightly older? But what was that moment when that child entered the house? What was it like? Uh, well, it was a baby, and it was a baby girl, and she was coming straight from hospital, and um, we just were so excited. I mean, when you say I don't know if I can remember it, I remember it like giving birth to one of mine that we was running around the house and running up and down the two girls were really excited because I said we've got a baby baby girl coming to live with us for a little while and um you know we flung open the door to the social worker and all was fighting over who's going to hold her and uh, (laughs) and you know the strange thing about that question is she will now be 27 and she doesn't even know who I am does she no really really strange thing about that yeah yeah so there's lots of children you have to remember fostering is is you know part of their journey um and you're just a a chapter in their their little book you know um yeah a lot of the time when they move on you do either lose touch or you know you just it just fizzles out you know I was going to ask that. I was going to say, can they, you know, request to find out, you know, the families that they've been to throughout yeah, the years when yeah, they get older? They can. They can. They, they, they can go back and look at all their files and read all the, anything that there needs to be read. So they're, they're quite, yeah, I mean, it's very, very open. But when they're a certain age, obviously, and they, and they want to do that, you normally find children who have been mainly adopted will do that. But children yeah. who are fostered normally don't because sometimes um, they wouldn't have even known that they've been fostered, especially if they were a baby and then they've gone back to the family or a family member. It might not have even been, you know, that, that information might not have been passed on. So is a foster child placed in a home because their their parents can't look after them at that point? And there's obviously a high chance. Or what is the chance that they'll go back to their their real parents? Um, well, children come into foster care for all kinds of reasons. I mean, there's such a wide spectrum, but I would say um, the high majority of children come into care through drug and alcohol abuse. Um, but then there is mental health issues, there's family breakdowns, there's homelessness, there's poverty, there's all kinds of reasons a child would come into for prison sentences, um, yeah. it's it's such a wide range um, and um, it depends on so many things I mean that's such a hard question to answer because right. um, you know social services and the courts will try their utmost um, I think a lot of the time you know social services get a bad reputation but 
they will try absolute everything to keep the child within the family. Um, yeah. So to keep them within the family or a family member, and it's only really uh, when they've exhausted and all the assessments come back extremely negative that that um, the courts will award that the child goes up for adoption. But it, you know, they would have, they would have, there would be a high amount of work done before it gets to that that stage, unless the the mother actually says no they they don't want the child um and they want the child placed for adoption or it, uh, another one is abandonment so if the a baby's abandoned and then there is no tracing back to where the family is and are you told when a child is placed within the home your home how long they're going to be there for or do you have to be really flexible really flexible i mean if there's one quality a foster carer must have that's flexibility so you will be given um, a profile of the child you know why they're coming into care and what information the social worker knows but a lot of the time you know information comes at a later date so you know you'll be given a certain amount of information but not everything um yeah. and um yeah i mean you have to be really really flexible it, you know there is no they can't tell you so we because a lot of the time when the child's placed not even they know you know it may be I'll give you an example it may be that the child's placed with you while a mother goes into rehab um, right and then if the mother comes out of rehab um the plan would be to then place the child back with the mother but then she may reuse again so the plans go out the window because rehab hasn't worked you know so it could yeah. be that or it could be they get a prison sentence and and they come out and the ch- you know they're they are you know planning to put the mo- child back with the mother and then they reoffend, so the mother gets another sentence right. so it could yeah. be you know like i said we all make plans but normally within fostering nothing ever goes to plan yeah and how how much notice do you get given that you know, you might need to sort of prepare for an, another child coming into your house? Um, not long. So normally, you know, a few hours, a couple of hours. Wow, really? Day, yeah. Or if you're on, and it's, I mean, if you're on out of hours, which yeah. is emergencies, it could be, you know, within an hour. So um, not not long, not long wow. at all. <laughs> I really want to try and understand because it's such a fascinating subject that I really don't know huge amounts about. But how do you feel when you meet a child that is in need like that for the first time? Like you, you obviously love your children and you've given birth to those children. So how is it? Is it a, the same feeling? What What is that feeling like? Well, it, you know, an honest, and I probably am the most honest person in the whole universe. Is um, you know, the feelings are very, very different. So there'd be some children that come through your home and you instantly like love them and want to protect them and that that overwhelming sense of love hits you. And then others, it may take time, you know, for you to build up. And others, you may, you know, especially if it's teenagers, you just may not get that connection. So Mm. it's like humans, like we're all humans. I'm sure in life that you've met lots of people and you just fall in love with them straight away. You think, oh, they're really lovely. Like I know I've connected with them and I know we're going to have a long friendship or I know that I can go to them for something. And there might be others that you've known for years, but you don't really know them at all. 
Mm. Yeah. And when and when they leave the home as well, I guess you've got all of those emotions. If if you know there's a particular a particular one of the children that you've made a real connection with, then they uh, go. There must yeah. be a real sense of grief there. I mean, Zoe, when I one of my babies uh, gets adopted or goes back to their that, and I've had them for you know a significant time, so their first year of their life, yeah. you're just absolutely heartbroken. Oh, uh, yeah. But you know. I can't stand any social workers. And sorry to all you social workers if you're listening, but anyone who says to me, don't cry, because if I didn't cry, then I wouldn't be doing what I should be doing. Um, no. You know, and um, uh, although you prepare yourself, I mean, look at me, I've been doing this for 27 years. You can never prepare yourself for that day when you, you actually let go. And um, also oh. for me as a foster mum, I have to then also try and support my children through that because obviously it's been their foster sibling for a year, hasn't it? So yeah, you having a sister for a year or a brother for a year and then the next minute they're not there. They go. And have you ever been um, sort of, have you ever wanted to adopt one of the children or have your children ever asked you like, come on, you know, can we adopt them or is that just not an option? No, no, we've always had discussions. uh, When I say we always, there's been a few that we've had discussions around, but you've got to remember when I do these adoptions, I meet the adoptive parents. Right. And I've got four birth children, you know, some of these, if if it's a, a man and a woman, a couple, you know, they may have been trying for like 10, 15 years to have a baby. Um, and, you know, the thought of actually handing that baby over, they're broken hearted. I know that that baby's going to be loved so much. And, and you know, you can see it, you can just see that the yearning that they have to hold that baby. And there is a lot of babies that I've uh, had over the last, I'd say, sort of, for maybe even longer, six years, they've gone to same-sex couples. And that's wonderful because, you know, you hand them over and and, and you also know that they wouldn't have had an opportunity, especially if it's males. I mean, women can have um, um, sperm donors, can't they? Yeah. But but men can't. So if it's a same-sex couple, a gay same-sex and male, and they come, you know, it's overwhelming to give them that child that you know that they're going to, love forever and ever and if I wasn't to do that they would have probably a massive void in their life yeah this this is why I love babies so much because they look at you and they've just got this unconditional love you know they are there from love not for love they they, yeah. they they come from this place of just you know they spend a year of their life with you and then you know they've come from their birth mother and then they go to an adopted family and it's this it's this innate want just to be loved and that's yeah, why it's yeah. so much good in this world because you know none of us are born with hate in us We're none of us born that we just want love yeah yeah and uh you know and it's so important that um you know for me it's so important when I have a baby that they're just loved so much I mean the love from this house because there's so many of us in it you know, yeah. it, it, it's just, the babies just get so much attention and love poured into them. And you can just see them just flourish into these beautiful little people. Um, I mean, the problem that we have there, Zoe, if we could, you know, sort of 
change the subjects with babies you know everybody wants to adopt a baby yeah you know, oh, that's... Uh, but there are so many older children this is what I was just uh, coming on to actually yeah me uh, too waiting, yeah. waiting for adoption and that makes me very very sad you know yeah. because um uh, there's an overwhelming overwhelming need for adopters to think about adopting older children and so do you, I mean I guess the older the children come to you maybe the more problems they might come with and more behavioral issues is that right no totally right you know there's a very old saying isn't there give me a boy to his seven and I'll give you the man uh, after yeah. seven it's very hard to unlearn behaviors um it, it's you know it's you can do it, but it's difficult. So those who are going to adopt older children need to have uh, support, reassurance, guidance, and determination that they're going to change a little person's life. Yeah, I've had a, a sort of first-hand experience with it with my sister, who was very sadly diagnosed with um, premature ovarian failure when she was trying to have her first baby and very sadly ran out of eggs and was told she can't have children, basically. So her and her now ex-husband went through all of the process of looking at adopting and and actually at the end, my sister, I was you know, I love my sister to death, but. I was a bit disappointed because she said, oh, well, everyone wants to adopt babies, but, you know, and I'd only want to take a baby. And I think a lot of people have that view. Oh, you know, by the time they're three and four, they come with so many issues. And people do say these sweeping statements about yeah, children. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, oh, they're just going to write them off when they get to three or four. Exactly. Or five. Yeah. And, and I know some, I mean, I've been involved with some um, couples that have adopted older children and, yeah. and, and you know, and they've, flourish because every child needs that stability you know this is my forever home this is my forever mum and dad these are forever my two daddies these are forever my mummies these are forever my single mum or single dad you know we can't rule out single people adopting anyone can adopt really um but you know you can't rule these children out because uh, you know I've turned so many children around you can't give up on them and people do you know they do all want to adopt babies but um I think you know you have to really think why would you want to adopt just a baby is it your needs are you fulfilling your needs or is it you fulfilling the child's needs you know but it's choices and it's strengths and it depends if you've got the strength to do that and the determination and the courage you know and I've seen lots of older children get adopted and it's worked absolutely wonderfully. So we'll be back right after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. Now, let's pick up where we left off with our wonderful guest. What criteria do you need to meet to be an adoptive, an, ad, like adopt a child or to foster a child? So I just, I know from a few friends, they're actually single and they haven't met certain criterias, but obviously I know that they would love to do it. So what, what is the criteria at the moment? Well, the government have worked very hard on relaxing the adoption rules because at one point, I mean, don't forget where I've been doing this for so long, it was just almost impossible. That's when you had yeah. a lot of, Brits going abroad, didn't you, to adopt children? Yeah. So they have really, really tried to, uh, you know, relax the uh, assessment process. It is intrusive, but then fostering assessment is intrusive. But you know, it's all questions that do need to be asked. What criteria you need? I mean, for me, you, you know, you need to have stability. That's number one. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously, if you're in a um, uh, rented house or you know that you could be um, thrown out of or your contract comes up you know you need the stability where you've got a home uh, you need the stability financially that you can support that child growing up um, and uh, the stability of a very very good family network and friends that can help you because yeah. let's face it none of us can bring up children alone there's that very old saying that you must have all heard yeah. it takes a community to save a child so yeah. you need to be very involved in your community and um, you need with um fostering and adoption spare bedrooms so if you're going to adopt one child or a sibling group you need to have the bedroom space um so they're really the criteria criterias that that i know about that are you know top of the agenda so your own yeah. home um you can you can also foster and adopt if you're in rented accommodation, but it's got to be a place that is going to be your home forever. So uh, social housing rather than private landlords, because we all know that you know private landlords can turn around at any time and say you've got to leave here in six months mm. or yeah. you can't sell in the house. Uh, you need financially to be stable, so you know not masses of amount of savings you haven't got to be a millionaire but you've got to have a little bit put aside for a rainy day um and i think the most important thing to show that you've got a huge family network and friends to help you support bringing that child up and do you have to be in a relationship to adopt a child you have to no, be married no you can be single um you can be married you can be living with someone you can be the same sex couple you can be you know, it, it covers everything. Disabled, you can even foster and adopt if you've got a disability, as long as you can show that you've got that support around you. So no one's ruled out at all, nobody. The assessments, I don't know um, your friend's circumstances, but yeah, the assessments are stringent, but tell them never, ever to give up. If they've got a passion for adoption, you know, to carry on, because... The other thing is there is a lot of adoption agencies and there's also local authorities uh, adoptions. And yeah. it may be that one is a lot more stringent than the other. You know, one may um, find a lot more fault than another. So if they're very, very passionate about it and they really, really want to do it, then they shouldn't give up. 
Yeah. Do you know what? I actually think it was something to do with smoking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smoke. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Yeah. And I know that one of them is has been trying to give up because of that, and that was the reason. I think it was it was definitely like a lifestyle thing. Yeah, lifestyle. Um, yeah, you're not. Yeah. You, can't, you can't smoke. Like smoking isn't. Yeah. Not allowed to smoke. Um, yeah. So that would be, but that would be something they could change, couldn't they? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it was definitely some, one of them. Where it was definitely something that they could could do so, and yeah, you know will do. Commitment to doing yeah. that and, and and changing their lifestyle then they're going to show commitment into the adoption, aren't they? Exactly. Um, once, yeah. you, once you manage to either foster or adopt a child, do, you know, we've obviously talked about the differences between having a baby, uh, fostering or adopting when the child is very young to somebody, a child that's five, six, seven, eight. Do they then provide, um, you know, any form of counselling or sort of, uh, you know, yeah. support them to, if they have had a horrendous start to their life? What does you're, that look like? Yeah, you'll be, there's a massive amount of support put in place if you need it, much more than there used to be. So um, most adoption agencies will have um, therapists, you know, that you can access at any time, um, uh, art therapists, play therapists, um um, systemic therapists you name it they've got them uh, so you will get a lot of support um that you could access I mean there is so much to offer now you know I mean I've seen how much it's come on over the last um 27 years but even one year to another you get a lot more help you know so yeah, yeah you, you know it's uh, it's there for them if they want to access it you know if they don't they don't have to but it's it's always offered to them and would you say that fostering is better suited to people who are already parents or no, I don't, is it for anyone? I don't think that I could say it's suited for those who are already parents. I think it depends what you want as a person. Like, yeah. For me, I, I actually do really enjoy it and get quite a lot of fulfilment out of crisis work. So right. uh, I, you know, I like that beginning where it's crisis, where the intervention, the changing a, a, a child's life. Around. I also really love working alongside social workers and um, parents, you know, if we're trying to get them replaced back with their families, you know, yeah. I, I never make judgment on anyone, you know, I will just try to help them. Um, yeah. So I like that side of it. So I'm very, you know, I'm, anyone will, that knows me fully will tell you I'm always busy, you know, like I'm always doing this, doing that. You know, I, I'm, an, I'm a hands-on person. So for me, fostering really suits me because it's very like crisis work and meetings and involvements and stuff like that. With adoption, it's a total different road. So with adoption, yeah. you're adopting that child, you're taking that child. Once you've adopted that child, really, everyone else steps back unless yep. you need them. And then if you need them, you can access them. But a lot of adopters, you know, don't. They just want to get on with being a family, you know. They want, they want. I've waited so long for this child now. I just want to get on with being our little family. Um, yeah. So uh, it it it, dep- it, it's, it it really does depend on the person. To be a foster carer, you have to have lots of energy. That's number one. You have to be very very flexible. Yeah. Um, you know you can't think. Well, if I've made that plan, that's definitely going to happen tomorrow because you know within an hour everything might change. Um, you have to be very passionate. You have to have a lot of love. You've got to be. Um, 
you know, open-minded. Um, there's so many qualities you need for fostering. Most of all, you need a big heart and uh, a, a loving family to help you. Like all my family have supported me within my fostering career, not just my own birth children and um, my husband, but, you know, my mum, my sister, my cousins, yeah. you know, everyone is very supportive in it. Um, for adoption, it's totally different because for adoption, it's you're taking that child and then that child is yours forever. So there isn't ongoing work for you to be doing with that child, you know, apart from the normal things like getting them into nursery, getting them into schools, you know, and, uh, you know, all the normal parenting things. But it's yeah. a lot of, within fostering, you get a lot of crisis work. I was going to ask you, obviously, you've been doing this for such a long time, 27 years, um, and you've been with your partner, your now your new husband, <laughs> got married last year, but you've been with him for 40 years, haven't you? How, how has fostering kind of impacted your relationship? Well, it's just made us much stronger because we rely on each other. You know, he, he's my rock and I'm his rock. You know, we rely on each other. And, you know, we've been through so much together because each child that comes into our home, you know, not only do they learn masses from us, but we learn a hell of a lot about ourselves, you know, because they find your weaknesses, they know what buttons to push, they find your yeah. strengths, you know. So it's made us a lot stronger and we do really, really appreciate our time on our own, which isn't often. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we've, at the back of our garden during lockdown, we made right in the back, like, um, it's got like a little fire pit and some wooden seats and uh, most nights we go down there with a uh, I have a gin and tonic he has a beer and we just sit there and look at the house and think <laughs> how many people are in it <laughs> and actually what's going on in there <laughs> how many people are in it and how many people can't leave <laughs> yeah so that's a little bit of sanctuary to tell you the truth <laughs> and what advice would you give to any families who are considering fostering um, but they're worried about the impact that it's going to have on their family I, I, I'm not going to tell any of you that it's going to be you know all, you know, all going to be singing and dancing and playing together you know it's not you know but how it does is it enriches your families so much you know it opens their minds to um diversity equality um you know we've got all of this with racial tension at the moment my children have been brought up very very multicultural and we discuss you know different cultures all the time and uh, respecting each other um they've grown up with um having to share you know the simple thing of sharing yeah. but having yeah. to share their mum and dad you know which has been very hard for them at points growing up but um, I remember one um, essay that Lydia wrote, I think she was about year nine in secondary school, and I went to her parents' evening, and um, I think um, at the time, um, you know, I had two very difficult teenagers and I was tearing my hair out, and uh, the English teacher said, oh, I loved your, the essay that your Lydia wrote. And I thought, oh, I, don't, I don't even know what essay it was. <laughs> me. So I went, oh. And so she went, oh, haven't you read it? I said, no, I haven't. So she gave it to me and I cried my eyes out in front of the teacher because, I mean, it was a long, long essay. But basically the bit that made me cry was 
Um, for every um, hundred negative things I can tell you about fostering, there's a, mu a million pure positive ones to replace them. And I think that, that about wow. sums it up, really. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. And I, yeah, I mean, uh, kind of going on from what Georgia said, if anybody is listening and they want to do it, where's their starting point? What should they tell so your local authority. So whoever you're under, whether you're under London Borough of Westminster or London Borough of Southwark, you know, contact your local authority and um, they will have... Um, well, it'll probably be on Zoom now, but they have uh, even, they used to have evenings, but it'll be Zoom evenings on um, uh, fostering applications. They will tell you whether they've got a shortage. I mean, there'll be some local authorities that won't have a shortage and there'll be some that will have. There's a massive, massive crisis in this country at the moment um, for teenage foster carers. I know you're all thinking, oh my God, why would why would I want to foster a teenager? Listen to me now. I've got a 16-year-old teenage boy who lives with me, who, you know, we do argue every day, but I argue yeah. with my own 16-year-old daughter every day. So <laughs> <laughs> it makes no limit. All of these teenagers need is love, guidance and support. And, yeah. uh, and so there are many couples out there or single people out there that I know would really be good at teenage fostering. So please pick up the phone and check it out. You can also contact Fostering Network. Um, yeah. You can Google that. Um, it'll come up. And then obviously the big, huge one, Bernardo's, which is a massive organisation who help in a lot of fields that have also I know personally myself I've got a real crisis trying to recruit new foster carers at the moment oh Debbie yeah. you're such yeah. an amazing woman I told you in my intro I nailed it oh, I? What you before we say bye can you just quickly tell me about the wedding was it the best day of your life no, honestly, sorry. I, I'll get tears even thinking that it was the oh. best day of my life. I planned it within three months. And I tell you, it was a very community wedding. When we talk about it, it takes a village to save a child, but it took a village to save my wedding because everybody in my community helped. And it was oh. a very, very, um, it was very personal. It was a very personal wedding. It was beautiful. Absolutely. I got married in the church that, I had all my four children christened in, so and the same oh. vicar come back to marry me, who christened all my four children. Oh wow! And I had my garden in my in my wedding in my garden, uh, and used my home, which is such a a massive part of the history of our family, to entertain the whole of uh, well the community and my family. It was a huge wedding. Oh, that's so lovely um I really feel like we need to rack your brains for your favorite products because if you fostered over 200 children and you've got four of your own I feel like there's no one better place really to t tell us <laughs> what works it really, it really isn't so um, my number one top five parenting products is definitely the doona pran yeah N -A. now please believe me I can't because I've got a bit of a fetish with prams I can't <laughs> tell you how many prams that I've had over the years and no word from my hand on my heart I've got five prams in this house at the moment 
So, uh, you know, I've got a selection of prams because I do love a pram. But I do not know what I would do without my doona pram because, um, you know, I'm always, at the moment because we're in lockdown, but I'm always at hospitals, up and down escalators, on the underground, on the tube, on the... Yeah. So it just is so easy. It's such an easy. Debbie, it's George's uh, favourite one as well. You like you're in the right company here. Yeah. Do you actually think sometimes whatever would I have done without it? I I know. How did did I cope without having my doula pram? But anyway, that's my number one. Uh, Number (laughs) two is definitely the Dr Brown's bottles because I have have a lot of children from special care units. So a lot of my babies are either prem or. you know, have gone through some kind of um, drug dependency. So yeah. bottles do really, really, really matter. And um, I'd highly recommend Dr. Brown's bottles, especially if your baby is quite small as well. Um, wow. Number three is definitely the snooze pods, which are well, yeah. quite, yeah. quite a few years. So that comes up and down the stairs, in and out of cupboards, changing my bedroom. <laughs> so that's always come in use. And number four, I actually, you know, do foster quite a lot of mixed uh, race children. Um, So I've always got the mixed leaving conditioner from Mixed Chicks. Mixed uh, Chicks, okay. Mixed Chicks, which is incredible for curly hair or for uh, mixed race children. So that's fantastic. And number five, I've always got a big tub of coconut oil. Um, oh, yes. On every, every skin that there is. So, um, and very natural product. So, I've used coconut oil for many, many, many years. Um, so, they're my five top products. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. We also love asking our guests the best piece of advice that they have ever been given or the piece of advice that they would give to a new mum. Right. Well, I, I've often said this to many a new mum and uh, you know keeping in mind for me this really works so it's not going to work for everybody because I do understand that everybody's different but for me I'm forever saying don't change your whole life so a baby fits into that life a baby should fit into your life so don't I mean don't start thinking I've got to be home because it's 12 o'clock the baby's got to sleep or I've got to do this because you know, let the baby just naturally fit into your life. So go ahead with everything that you normally do and uh, the baby will love it. You know, the baby will love it because they get into used to, I mean, imagine how busy my life is, you know. Yes. I've, all, you know I, I've not never had a routine with any of my children. You know, I just let them just fit into my life. You'll know as a parent when your baby cries and knows a, needs a bottle. You'll know when it needs changing and you'll know when there's something wrong. So just go by listening to how they cry. Uh, it's a natural instinct and uh, everything will be fine, honestly. Don't stress out about things. I think, especially now, I think mums tend to stress out about so many things when, you know, I mean, for me, you've got every gadget in the world, haven't you, at the moment? I mean, yeah. I've never known babies to have so many gadgets around, you know. Don't stress about things, you know, that the babies just want you, eye contact, singing, dancing, noise, friendships out. Yeah. Yeah. Just do everything that you normally do and uh, everything else falls into place. Love that. That's brilliant. Yeah. Listen, thank you so much for giving us your time today. You're an absolute superstar. I think what you've done with your life and the way you've given back is just admirable. 
Someone give oh, her a medal. Someone give her a medal. Someone give her something. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, girls. I've really thank enjoyed you. It's been amazing. Thank you. She's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. I mean, we don't know, you know, her exact age, but to have that meant that much energy. I mean, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, we're in our 30s, me slightly older than you, and I'm absolutely screwed at the end of the day. For her to just keep giving with all of that I know, love and, I know. and the things that, you know, the way she went into talking about how she loved to do crisis care as well, that takes a really special individual. Yeah, no, it really does. And do you know what I just keep thinking? Imagine like, you know, you're just laying on the sofa, watching whatever you watch, and then you get a phone call and in an hour you've got a three-month baby in the house a three-month-old baby oh no yeah I mean that's unbelievable how you can be that you know adaptable and flexible I mean I got hats off to her I mean it's incredible but does it make you a little part of you think oh I could do that well do you know what we were actually having the discussion today because we recorded this a few days ago and I saw I saw my sister today and I also saw my cousin we were having a social distance kind of um little gathering in her garden it was lovely first time I've seen them for four months and we got onto the subject of this and I said there's a podcast out tomorrow our podcast chatted to Debbie and we got we we got to the nitty-gritty of it and there was a lot of what I said came out in terms of the fears around adopting or fostering a child that's not a baby and I was really like fighting I was fighting the fight saying you know these kids just need somewhere to call home and a sanctuary and safety and love and definitely takes a certain type of person to take it on I I wish I I wish I I wish I could I I don't know I don't know yeah I mean after chatting to her I don't know after chatting to her I was like wow like I mean, I'm an only child, so I was only the only child in our house. And then thinking about Lydia and Georgia and mm. and the rest of you know the rest of the family of ha- having had so many other kids like through their door, and I don't know. I just think there's something incredible about that, and mm. in a way, that might be really nice for kids to grow up with. I don't know. I mean, James is probably like in the other room now, of like. <laughs> texted me like no 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 and every time there's a knock at the door he's going to wonder who's going to arrive but I think you've um, been an amazing foster mum Georgia you're one of the best mums I know you're so chilled you just take it in your stride oh I mean I am chilled until I blow and then I'm not chilled anymore (laughs) we haven't seen that yet though no maybe I need to yeah rein that bit in but Um, all the information there if you're listening and you're thinking about becoming a foster mum there's lots of information there and obviously just go online and check out everything that Debbie said because um what an incredible thing to be able to say that you've done in your life yeah exactly absolutely um so just moving away from um chatting about fostering and adoption um we've both recently moved house um and we both love buying house stuff so this week, because we haven't really been buying any clothes to go anywhere, we thought we would talk about our like five favourite um, sort of home brands. Yeah. Or just um, products for the home that we've been using. Recently. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll kick, kick it off because today I had um, a video call with someone called Tash Tash from Lick Home. So Lick Home is a new paint brand. I just found them on Instagram. I think they're actually they're 
grown quite quickly and I paid £45 for this consultation and um, I just showed her the three rooms that I, what I need some inspiration for just like colour wise and um, I sent her my Pinterest board after just on WhatsApp and like some photos of you know bits of the room and like if you want to keep any furniture you're definitely keeping something sent you can send her that too and then she comes back with mood boards for each room and I mean, for £45, I thought that was really, really, really good yeah, value. That's amazing. Because you'd think Brilliant. of like, yeah, an interior designer or a yeah, colour, yeah. um, like a colour consultation, you'd think that'd be really expensive, but um, it wasn't. So, yeah, I'd really, really recommend them. Brilliant. Love that. Um, I am going to talk about some amazing um, new pots and pans that we've got in the house. Basically, we never got anything for our wedding presents because we got married in Ibiza. So we said to all of our guests, look, don't pass wedding gifts because you're buying the airfare and you're having to pay for the hotels in Ibiza. Oh, I really regret yeah. that now. I really wish I'd gone <laughs> into a wedding list and it's from John Lewis. Um, so um, we've just invested in some um, saucepans, frying pans from Robert Welch. They are amazing. I mean, I literally feel like, how have I lived this long without them? Um, you know, I was making scrambled eggs before with this like shitty old um, saucepan from somewhere that I was frying pan that I got years ago. And it was like the eggs were sticking to it. And I was having to spend ages yeah. cleaning it. And it's like, they're like sliding off like you get in a fancy restaurant. I'm yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. Uh, my mum has still got pots and pans from, I think, when she got married. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I don't know how, I can't even guess how many years that ago that is. She got married when she was 18. So it's a very, very wow. long time ago. Yeah. If you get some um, good ones, they can last, right? Yeah. yeah. It really makes a difference. So, are you going to get into cooking now? <laughs> No, yes, long <laughs> silence. I'm, I'm gonna get into oh, I'm I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm actually doing a lot more. I'm just not filming it. Okay, um, right, yeah, you right, go, you go. Okay. <laughs> um, so next up, I think pretty much every parent has a problem with storage. Um, we moved to a smaller house than we were in before, so we are really struggling with like stuff everywhere. Um, and we had some crazy, crazy, crazy quotes for like inbuilt, inbuilt wardrobes and cupboards and stuff, like mental yes. thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds. And then again, I came across this company on Instagram, they're called DIY Alcove Cabinets and you just send them all your measurements what you want and then they come back with the design and then they build it all and then deliver it and so then you have to install it or they can get someone to install it but it was so much cheaper than um like the other places and the wow. quality is really really good i mean i'm really so good like literally they just make it for whatever area you've got so i really again another one i really recommend amazing love that um now this isn't exactly for me and you Georgia um, but <laughs> I am absolutely obsessed with this uh, we were sent it was a gift uh, from the guys at Cardboard Magic and it's basically a well it's, it's an ice cream van that you have to build from cardboard for the kids so yeah, once you build it, it's cool. huge um, you might have seen it on my Instagram this week once you've put it together they then paint it or colour it in and I'm not joking my kids were doing it for I reckon about four hours 
They were playing in the oh garden. They were going away to the sandpit. They were coming back to it. They were like playing inside it. They bought the other bits of the ice cream stuff that we had from another toy. And they were like, how much for an ice cream? And they were role playing inside it. It's amazing. It's 100% recyclable. It's 100% Irish. Um, it's really not. It's about 40 quid, I think. And they'll send it to you. Um, and yeah, hours are fun for the kids. So yeah. That's brilliant. That. I love that kind loving of stuff. It. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to jump in again for product number five. Um, I found these guys on Instagram just randomly scrolling through bedding. Um, Dusk.com, luxury bedding for less. There was a massive sale on when I bought um, our sheets. I'm obsessed with getting into like the perfect bed, you know, like the hotel bed. Yeah. I'm still trying to create it. Um, but I think I got like a full set, four pillowcases, um, a fitted sheet and a duvet cover. And I think it was about like 70 quid in total. Yeah, that's really good. I'm Actually, do you know what, at the moment, yeah, I was going to say, at the moment, there's loads of really good sales on. I saw the White Company yeah. had a sale on, um, yeah. and I always get sheets. I, I would never pay full price, I don't think, because they're always yeah. going to have a sale, or you can go to Vista. Yeah, I get them there. Very nice. Yeah. Right. Um, that's it from us. We're going to be back on Tuesday with another podcast, and we're really excited about this one. It's going to be a good one. Have a nice weekend. George, are you doing anything nice? Um, what we, oh, it's Gigi's birthday. Oh. Yes. Oh, God, it's sorry. Birthday yeah, no, I mean, I forgot as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're I was like, no, we're not. And then I literally looked over in the corner of the room and I've been doing some rapping and I was like, oh, yeah, it's Gigi's birthday. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we're splitting her birthday into two days. So um, we'll Enjoy have it. James's family Saturday and my family Sunday. So, yeah. Amazing. And it's Father's Day. It's Father's Day. Oh, my God, do Everyone. not forget it's Father's Day. Yeah, Don't exactly. forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as always, we'd love you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. And if you do um, want to cast your eyes back on other episodes, there's about 80 in the bank there. So you can keep listening to them all day long. Yes, you can. There's loads. And please do drop us a message at, babe, at Made by Mummers or at Zoe Hardman. Um, or at do by please... Mummers, which is our promo site. <laughs> Babe by Mamas, can you imagine? <laughs> That's, that'll be us in 10 years' time. Um. <laughs> on the side of the street somewhere. Babe by Mamas, remember? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, and please do keep tagging us in your stories when you're listening. Don't tag us when you're listening to Babe by Mamas, though, because that would be awkward. Um, Have a lovely weekend. See you. <laughs> See you Tuesday. Bye, bye, bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow-up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results 
results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.